Hello, Internet peeps. Welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 127. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Zach. And we are back here with more Roger Moore talking about The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. Um, we are recording on Sunday Wednesday because a lot of shit happened, but here we are. We're here. Um, but before we get into some Roger Moore, guys, what the hell have been watching, playing, or doing? I'm going to start off with you with Zach. What have you been doing? Oh, uh, just been uh, watching some wrestling for Get Some Color uh, tomorrow. And um, been playing uh, Star Wars Squadrons and uh, Super Mario 64 still a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is Squadrons good? Does it seem like it's going to be a long game? Uh, I don't, I've just barely scratched the surface on it. I like it, but it's got some, it's got like a weird bug to it, I've noticed, and I, I guess they're still patching the game. Are you playing it on PS4? Yeah, it does this thing where like when you talk to people for some reason, like before you do missions, uh, sometimes there's a glitch where it just locks your controls and you can't do anything except all you could do is like, Hit uh, hit the options button and then go back to the main menu. <laughs> hmm. It's strange. It is strange. Um, it's it's also strange because they've already patched it five times and there's still this bug. Five? <laughs> yeah, it's version uh, one point oh five. How long has it been out? It's less than a month, isn't it? Yeah, it's only like uh, three weeks old, maybe four, something like that. I almost bought it. I saw it today at Walmart, and I just like I almost impulsively was like, oh, I'm just gonna buy this for no reason, but I stopped myself. I haven't really looked. Oh, go ahead. Is it not on Game Pass? Because I know EA Play thing has a Game Pass thing. I wonder if that's on there. I don't know. Um, But I haven't really researched it to see if this is still like a big issue or something. I just, I haven't played it since like Sunday. So, Uh. yeah. But I I am enjoying it. It's pretty fun other than that that one issue. Um, And I haven't really watched any other movies or anything. So, uh just we're going to get into that here soon so that's it for me sweet uh andy what have you been watching playing or doing um i'm on vacation this week so normally i'd be like oh i watched and played everything under the sun but um if i'm being honest i've spent like so much time i've rewatched like three or four seasons of it's always sunny in philadelphia while playing tetris 99 that has been a lot of my time and then i've, I've been doing stuff around the house that's part of why i took vacation but i did watch a bunch of movies i didn't play any games but i did watch a bunch of movies i also i watched some more of a uh, armor hunter mellow link i talked about it last week so i won't retread old ground i watched the newest episode this was a weird one-off thing is that my girlfriend's and i just wanted to talk about this i watched the newest episode of saturday night live that show used to be funny in the 90s right it was funny back then it's garbage now. It was really terrible. Like, um, I wanted to watch it. Like, I hadn't been watching it because it's been bad. But they had Dave Chappelle on, who I love, and mm. the musical guest was Foo Fighters, who I love. So I thought, oh, yeah, we'll watch this, whatever. And, like, every skit was, like, cringeworthy and unbearable, like, really bad. But uh, Chappelle's monologue was funny. Yeah. It, so, usually, <laughs> usually the monologue is great. And then when they start doing the skits and not to like, this doesn't have to do with any, it kind of does with politics in a way, but every, everything Saturday night live now, like I understand like in the past presidents were were made fun of. I mean, George W. Bush with Will Ferrell, um, they did, you know, George Bush senior, 
but it was like in all good nature. And now it's just, you know, because of the political climate, that's the punchline now. And I think that's yeah. that's what's bad. Yeah. That was a lot of what messed up because it was the first episode to air after Biden had been confirmed to win. Mm. So there was a lot of like, you know, dick sucking in this episode about like, oh, we're so happy about this. And that's fine. Yeah. But the, the whole intro skit was like um, uh, Biden and Kamala Harris, like accepting, oh, we've won and and we're going to be humble, but we're not. And like there's a lot of comedic potential there, but it just wasn't funny to me. Like I was ready to laugh at that. Like that's that's kind of what everyone needs after after an election cycle. And it's just it wasn't funny. It just kind of seemed like a our side won hooray kind of thing. Yeah. Like I and know then Dave Chappelle came out and he was hilarious. And I thought, oh okay, okay, now it's gonna be funny. And then like every skit was like I didn't laugh out loud once. <laughs> and, and it wasn't even about politics anymore. It was about like they were actually just trying to do just regular old funny skits and it's just I mean, I wasn't trying to be an asshole about it, but it just wasn't funny. And I was like, like we sat, we sat there in silence, in silence <laughs> for like 15 minutes. And I looked at my girlfriend. I said, this show was funny, right? Is it supposed to still be funny? I don't know what's going on. But yeah, it was like, it was awful. I don't, I don't, I don't think we finished it. I can't remember if we finished it. I, I, we watched at least one of the Foo Fighters performances I can't remember seeing the one at the, the end of the show. Maybe I blacked out by then. I don't know. The, it just wasn't funny. The last modern Saturday Night Live, which was funny, is when Eddie Murphy was hosting it. Um, because Eddie Murphy is a funny fuck, and he doesn't give a fuck. So I recommend if you like go back on YouTube, just search Eddie Murphy doing Saturday Night Live. But like the whole cast, like Keen, uh, I forget either Keenan or Kel. One Keenan Thompson. The the few times I did smile or something, it was usually him. He's I, I love mm. him, but I think that's like part of it's like nostalgia from all that and stuff like that. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, Pete. Uh, he's, he was funny, and um, uh, what's the thin woman? She was on the, in the new Ghostbusters movie. I can't remember her name. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I just don't. She's remember. funny too. I like her a lot. She was Kate was, McKinnon. I think that's yeah. Her that's name. it, McKinnon. That's. There were a few times that like the the few times I laughed, I feel like it was one or the other of them. They did they did a skit where it was like cut scenes from the birds, and she was playing Tippy Edrin. It was it was kind of funny. Mm. Uh, other than that, um, oh yeah, I, I watched a bunch of movies. That's that's actually what I care about talking about. Um, <laughs> there's a movie on Netflix. I guess they bought the distribution rights too because COVID fucked up everything about theaters. It's called Devil All the Time. It's great. I loved that movie. It's ultra dark though like don't watch it and expect to feel good afterwards it's got i mean in that way it reminds me of um of uh there will be blood it's got the same kind of tone sort of but it's uh i was trying to describe it to friends and i said it's kind of like if you took a place between the pines and added uh it put it through like cormac mccarthy's writing style of like americana and stuff like that and that's that's kind of what it is but uh tom holland is in it and it's his best performance period as far as i've ever seen um i watched moneyball i've meant to watch that since it came out it's, movie. it's a movie that, i love that movie but you can't i couldn't recommend it to most people you know like if you don't know about baseball a lot of the movie's just gonna go right over your head because a lot of time they're talking about like on base percentage and rbi and they gotta replace this this fielder and, and he's left-handed right it's a bunch of stuff and they don't slow down they don't like they don't like, you know, underhand it 
to people who don't know about baseball. You either know about baseball and love that movie, or you don't know dick about baseball and you'd hate that movie. Yeah, I tried to describe that to my dad because he's he's into sports, but he's not into sports like me. So he's like, what is that movie about? And I'm like, well, it's about the A's and stuff. And Jason Giambi and Johnny Damon are, you know, getting traded. So they have to fill the gap. So they have this general manager who's buying like all these washed up players, but they're for cheap. Uh, and they all have a chemistry and, you know, all the stats and all that stuff matter to what he wants to do. And they end up winning a lot. But never win a world series <laughs> no, and still haven't as far as i know but it, it kind of made me start thinking about like baseball has somehow been incredibly interesting this century and incredibly not interesting because you had that they they the streak for the most wins in a row in the american league mm -hmm. you had the the cubs overcoming the curse you had the astros cheating there's been a bunch of like really big important stuff happen this century mm -hmm. but i feel like everything in between has been like super dull yeah and I know that some people would say, oh, it's just baseball in general. But no, I'm just like, even for a baseball fan, I feel like there hasn't been a lot. There, there hasn't been a home run race this century like there was. Like, I remember that being one of the biggest booms baseball had seen in a while. But, but anyway, I really like Moneyball. If you like baseball, watch it. If you don't, don't <laughs> do yourself a favor. Um, and then I watched a couple movies on the Criterion Collection. One of the things they're doing right now is South Korean cinema. And last month I watched The Host and The Wailing and liked them both. The Wailing I loved. And of course I love Parasite, which I just ordered from the Criterion Collection. It hasn't got here yet. So I watched uh, Joint Security Area is the first movie. Uh, Dub, do you remember when we watched Old Boy yeah. here on the show? Uh -huh. It's that director's first movie, Joint Security Area. Oh, okay. And it's about a murder investigation in like the area in between um, North and South Korea. Like the whole thing is the DMZ, the demilitarized zone. But the joint security area is the only place where they're like face to face. Like they're they're like a few yards apart so that they can like exchange um, prisoners of war and stuff like that. They're like really close to each other. And a murder happens. A, a South Korean soldier kills a north korean soldier and they bring someone in who's supposed to be impartial to like investigate the crime scene to figure out what actually happened okay and that's that's the first act and then the second and third act are like way off those rails it's a really interesting movie i i really recommend it and then the foul king another the movie i watched the very next day also a south korean movie is about this like loser who works at a bank he's like a salary man and his um boss bullies him and like puts him in headlocks and stuff and he's like i, I want to learn how to get out of headlocks and the movie tricks you a little bit because it makes you think he's gonna like learn taekwondo and it's gonna be like a karate kid situation and the taekwondo guy is like a dork and the 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 main character really likes wrestling and then he sees a wrestling gym and he's like well i guess i'm gonna learn wrestling and uh at first they refuse to teach him but the guy running the gym is like he's being told by some it's implied he's like a crime guy or something he's being told i need you to train a fighter who's a cheater like a real awful heel because we're going to pit him against my guy to make him look good so the japanese will draft him and he can go over there and do a tour in wrestling japan so he calls him and says you know what we will trade you after all but we're going to make you a bad guy and like teaches him like how to like hide weapons and his stuff and like all oh, this, this forks made it i gotta see that oh it's hilarious the movie's hysterical you guys would both love it Cool. Uh, anything else? Or was that it? That, that was it. I wanted to watch some more uh, South Korean cinema. They got 12 films on there. Some of them I've already seen, but uh, today I was doing other stuff, so I didn't, I didn't watch one. I had to watch a Bond movie after all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I watched the two Bond movies. Um, 
then I d during the week or last week, I want to say during the weekend, I, I forget the days because I was sick on Tuesday. Um, but I wanted to watch two movies that I'd never seen before. So I'd never seen Ryan Gosling's Drive movie Drive. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, it was great. Yeah, it's very polarized with other people because apparently it bombed in the uh, box office. It's very dry. That movie is like, it feels like nothing's going on, but in every scene, something's going on. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it, that's the director who did Bronze. Car chase. The car chase kicks ass. Yes, yeah, the one when the pawn shop, because I like that one. Yeah, after they rob the place. Oh, man. It, yeah. It was an excellent car chase. <laughs> it's funny to see that movie and be like, oh, it's. Brian Cranston. Oh, it's Ron Perlman. <laughs> and, I'm yeah. like, and I'm like, oh, shit. And I was like, it's a great movie. I, I, I highly recommend it. And then I watched with my friends on Discord. We watched the movie Platoon with William Defoe oh. and uh, uh, Charlie Sheen. I almost said Martin Sheen. Uh, and that movie is really good as well, too, because, it you know, it's from Oliver Stone. And uh, he's telling, you know, He's telling you a story based off of other stories from Vietnam and how fucked up Vietnam was and everything. And there's like two sides. There's like one sergeant who's like, fuck, you know, these Vietnams and we're going to rape and kill the villages and shit. And then you have William Defoe. Did these Vietnams? Did I? Fuck what? those Vietnams. <laughs> yeah. Both of them, North and South. <laughs> But uh, and then you have William Defoe, who's like the nice sergeant, who's more spiritual and stuff. Which I, I, he had like a very Jesus tone to it. I don't know if you, you guys felt that way if you ever seen that movie. I haven't seen that movie since high school, so I don't remember. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's been a long. It's been a long time for me. I just remember the guy that played Doctor Cox in Scrubs was like one of the guys, and it. it was like, oh shit, it's Doctor Cox. Yeah, and he. And, and, <laughs> he's funny as he's funny when he's not supposed to be funny in this film because of scrubs so <laughs> i thought it was amazing doesn't he like get buried and like he hides in like a big pile of guys that's been shot or some shit yeah in the last battle and that's how he fucking survives it and that's that's fucking ridiculous because <laughs> right before the big battle at the end he goes hey sergeant barnes can uh can I get like three day leave? I want to, you know, see my wife in Hawaii. And like Sergeant Bard's like, "Fuck you! We need all your gun. We need all the guns here." So he survives, right? That big battle, but Bard, yeah. but Barnes and everything, you know, they die because they do like an airstrike. So the captain of that area is like, tells we're gonna call him Doctor Cox, but Doctor Cox is like. Hey, now you're in charge of this platoon. So he's never getting leave. <laughs> so he fucking chickened out and still had to be there for the next uh, whatever battle it is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but I, I recommend those two movies. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it last episode, but I did finish Max Payne 2. I finished my challenge to uh, sing Whitney Houston, which I did hand off to Andy for Accelerated mm -hmm. Gamer. Um, so enjoy that stuff. Um, but other than that... I need to get back on the game. I got my Series X. It's it's here. It's hooked up to my TV, but I haven't played it yet. <laughs> Cause, uh, you haven't played it yet? No, because I had to go pick it up at my fucking parents' house and then come back here. And after I was sick of food poisoning. That that drive was terrible. Oh. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I, let's get into James Bond. Let's get into the spy who loved me. Um, Andy, I'm gonna let you take this away because you're our, our Bond historian. Uh, okay. I'm not doing both of them though because that would kill me. Um, the spy who loved me. Oh, I'm trying to remember it. I, I hate to say it, but this this movie has a lot of interesting set pieces, but the plot overall is kind of forgettable. Um. Mm-hmm. Bond is. I just remember uh, Stromberg. He wants to set off an, a nuclear war and then have a city underwater. Yes, I'm really sorry. I, I'm I'm spacing on it a little bit. No, no I swear I just watched it Monday too. Um, you you have it right. I mean the the villain Stromberg, whatever his fucking name is. Uh, he he captures like a Russian uh submarine. And a was it a uh, yeah Brit- a, 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 a the the opening is a British submarine disappears at sea mm-hmm. like they're they're doing submarine shit and uh, we don't really know what's going on and then they're like oh all of our instruments are fucked up and one of them looks through the periscope and he's like oh my god and then like it just cuts and it turns out the same thing happened to a Russian submarine so both sides are like I didn't do it. Did you do it? No, no, I didn't do it either. So they, they decide they're they're both they're both looking for it. And uh Bond's gonna team up with Agent Triple X, the most on the nose annoying pun I've ever heard. Uh but also in the intro, Bond um gets chased down a mountain on skis by assassins, Russian assassins who are trying to kill him. And in Austria. Jumping, in Austria. Jump ahead <laughs> a little bit. Uh one of the guys is the lover of Agent Triple X, and Bond murders him because fuck that guy, he's a Soviet. So whatever, she, it was awesome. She he shot him with with a fucking what's that thing you ski with the the stick? Yeah, the poles. Yeah, yeah. it's like a rocket or some shit. It's ridiculous. I, I here's my my thing. I enjoyed this over Moonraker. Um, I it, by reading what Zach said the other night. I have to agree with him. It's pretty straightforward. Bad guy has nukes. He's gonna he's gonna bomb and build like a fucking Bioshock underwater city, being like Andrew uh, Ryan, um, and fucking you have this big dude jaws with like metal teeth and shit. And then the other the other fat uh, other henchman that dies really quickly, which is pretty funny on how he died. He has that big fight scene with Bond, and then he's holding his tie, and he just, like, pushes him off the fucking uh, building. It's hilarious because he just makes him think. He's like, tell me what I want to know, and he, he fucking spills it. Like He's like, okay, he's going to save me now. He's like, nope. He's fucking shut Bond, Bond just, like, knocks the tie out of his hand. Like, all right, see you later, Dick. Uh, I, here's what I'll say about Jaws. I think he's a unique character because of his teeth. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously because Jaws is a good name. What about Teehee? He's a unique character because of his hook thing. <laughs> yeah, but Jaws, Jaws is way more memorable. Jaws is like one of the most famous henchmen in James Bond history. Well, I just think it's funny because he went immediately went to like his weird disfigured teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was unique because he's what? like a reoccurring. He keeps coming back. Yeah, well, I mean that's the that's the thing. He's like indestructible, but it, it kind of gets silly. It gets silly it in Moonraker. Yeah, like Bond's always like, oh, he's got to be dead, and he just never is. He just walks out of everything. Like, what's his deal though? Like, I know they don't ever explain it, but it's like he's just 
there's multiple times where well, not multiple it only happens once i think in um the spy who loved me where he tries to hit him and it just seems to have no effect on him at all yeah i took i just kind of take that to be like oh he's too strong he's too strong but then in moonraker he tries he, to hit him in the face a couple times too and that's a bad idea because metal he and hits him in the face the stomach he, and the he hits him in the nards yeah in the nards. It makes and, a metal sound when he hits him in the in the balls. It, yeah, it makes metal sounds when he hits him in the stomach and the nards. It's like, so what is he? Is he like a fucking cyborg? Is he a like what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why I, not? Some guy built a goddamn space station on his own fortune, and he could buy the Eiffel Tower. Apparently, all right, let's bring it down. Down. we'll all talk right. about how ridiculous <laughs> Moonraker. Um, but it's yeah, ridiculous too, though. I. I hate, I can't stand Stromberg's ridiculous looking like sea fortress. <laughs> when I first saw that, I was he like, should have saved it. Like, it should have been a big reveal at the end. He's go, oh, he's got a fucking sea castle, but they show it in the first act. And it's just like, oh, it's just like a, a weirdo sea place that he has. It, it looks, it looks like, um, it looks like the hangout for the Legion of Doom from the Super Friends cartoon. It does. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think about that. I like the part where he's like, somebody's telling the plans. And like the two uh, scientists look at each other and they're like, is it you? And then the she's like, and then he's like, tells the lady to go in the elevator or something. And it's like, pushes a button and she goes into like the shark tank, which by the way, every villain has a shark. Is that like a main thing for James Bond? I mean, villains? if any villain was going to have a shark, it seems like it should be Stromberg. Hang yeah. on, only two have had sharks. Only two. Yeah, the other one was uh, the Thunderbolt guy, right? Yeah, uh, fucking, I forgot his name. Eye patch dude. Didn't the black guy? We have all one? liked him and we forgot his name. I know. Didn't Mr. Big um, have one? No, Mr. Big had alligators. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and crocodiles. He had both. Yes. He diversified. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Agent Triple X, because I don't remember her Russian name at all. Anya uh, something. Major something. Major yeah. Anya Blodibada, Rostovia Stan. <laughs> so, Amasova. Okay, Amasova. Anya Amasova. So I want to say, you know, because they, they, they obviously build to that point where, like, you killed my lover. Like, and to the point where she finds out and goes, I'm going to kill you after this mission. But like, and again, jumping around, like at the end, like for a split second, she doesn't want to kill him anymore because I get it saved, saved her life many a times because he could have just left her to die in that, uh, that yeah. underwater, underwater city, but it She's was too hot to let her die, man. Like you can't, you know, I guess that's one of my biggest hang ups with this movie is they couldn't find an excuse to rearrange everything because like the gunfight on the actual ship is awesome. I love when like the crews from the three submarines are freed and they'll go to the armory and there's a huge shootout with like Soviet American and British soldiers all fighting Stromberg's goons. It's, mm -hmm. it's great. That part's great. And then the movie goes from that, that big victory. And then it's like, Oh, okay. All we got to do is torpedo this, this motherfucker. And it, it's just, it's over. And Bond's like, give me, give me 40 minutes. I'm going to go in there and save her. And he's like, all right, I'll give you an hour. Yeah, no, that's dumb. That that shouldn't happen. God damn it, I hate it. it they should have reversed it, or they should have like already been on the fortress, and that's where the shootout happened. I don't know. I feel like that the pacing's all off because that that 
that gunfight and the big explosion and then breaking in there. It feels so triumphant and, and final. And then it's like, oh, there's still fucking like 15 to 20 minutes of this movie left. Yeah, yeah it was kind of odd. I, I thought that was probably the only thing to me that was a little wrong with it other than, yeah, Stromberg, the, the villain guy. Because <clears throat> to me, the strong points are kind of the unique dynamic with uh, with uh, X and Bond. It's like, oh, you're enemy agents, so you have to work together. Because the whole fucking first several Bond movies is is James Bond working against the Russian interests, and now all of a sudden it's it's starting to look like, oh, they're starting to have them to work together more. But we'll see that a little more going forward, of course. Yeah. Would you... um, also, it's got, it's got to be said, this movie has one of the at least one of my absolute favorite cars in it. I love the Lotus. The submarine Lotus is the coolest. Lotus Spirit. Elon Musk bought it. And oh, he, he, bought, he owns that car, really? He bought it, and he intended, he, he said, I'm going to figure out a way to make it actually have its function in the movie. <laughs> cool. They, but it, it's been like seven years, so I guess he just gave up. Mm. <laughs> like, they, they actually, like, they did a bunch of stuff to it that, like, kind of made it so it was that way, but it, it didn't couldn't, like, move in the water, right? No, I think that was, like, a, a fucking model or something. I was real proud of myself though. I saw that card. I'm like, is that a Lotus E Spirit like 1970s model? I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> After I looked it up, I actually know the name of the car because of this movie. Like, I saw this movie when I was younger. It's like, oh, that car's badass. And I just kind of learned that it was a Lotus there. I like how Q is like, don't, don't, you know, mess this up. And he's like, have I ever messed this up? And he's like, frequently. <laughs> You know, please don't let me down. Don't let me down, 007. Have I ever, ever let you down, Q? And he speeds off. He goes, frequently. <laughs> <laughs> I like that because he's like trying to tell him all this stuff about the car. And Bond's like, whatever, bitch, I'm out of here. Vroom. <laughs> was, what an asshole. <laughs> was The Spy Who Loved Me, was that the movie that, and, and I know they have a lot of product placements in Bond movies, but th- I felt like this one had a, like a ton. Like, Moonraker had even more. Up Moonraker. <laughs> lots of seven up, Marlboro, fucking Seiko watches. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's part of the Bond formula at this point is like specific cars, specific watches. Yeah, yeah, I I, I did like the submarine uh, car thing. Um, cool. I I do like the henchmen that were coming out of the fucking city thing that was there, and like get owned all the time, except. Uh, and then, you know, obviously, uh, tri- Agent Triple X, she knows the buttons because she had the blueprint uh, of the car. <laughs> I stole. I stole yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. That's that's nice. I like that. There, Unfortunately, we're, we're approaching the point where things are getting a little samey. It's like submarine uh, underwater fight. And we've seen this before uh, uh, in the next movie. There's a there's a fight in a canal. And we've seen that before. Car fights. Helicopter. We've we've seen all this shit before in a Bond movie. Mm. What's left? You know, I noticed something, and this kind of leads more into Moonraker a little bit, but I'm not going to really go into it that much. But it's like, I've noticed just over the four movies we've watched with Roger Moore so far, is he just like the nautical James Bond? Does he always (laughs) have, like, he always has goddamn boat scenes. I think what they're trying to do is they're like, well, we can't just do stuff on land. What's left? Air and sea. Well, Sean Connery did a bunch of shit in planes. That's true. He's 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 did helicopter. He had a whole helicopter fight. He he's constantly getting put in people's fucking planes. <laughs> Roger Moore. Well, there's Rod- a plane at the beginning of Moonraker, right? Yeah. 
they're like, yeah. guess that's one of my favorite intros. Is they're like, uh, we're we're gonna point a gun at you in a plane. And I was like, mm, I've seen this before too. But then they fall out of the plane. He steals the guy's parachute. I was like, I haven't seen that before. <laughs> yeah. Roger Moore, I don't like his joking. Like, no, me neither. Sean Connery, he does it really well. Um, Lazenby, uh, awesome. Him, he's got his own charm. Roger Moore, he he does like a joke, but he does it to the point where he, I, he, I don't think he thinks it's funny. I think he just reads it and goes, uh, it's a dad joke, I guess. I, that's what I was, I was telling my friends. I was like, Roger Moore is like the king of dad puns in Bond. Yeah, that, that's what it is. He's the clown. That's what but I've always said. He's the clown. The, he's here's the, Bond the thing. Clown. Like, your mileage may vary with that. Honestly, it's half and half for me. Sometimes he makes me laugh out loud. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And then other times he's just like, I'm like, really, dude? Come on. <laughs> I want to laugh out loud in a Bond movie once in a while, but only at certain kind of things. And with all of these, it's always like ridiculous, like over the over the top stuff or the puns. The puns are fine. I'll stick with those. But the one that made me laugh, and I don't remember if it was The Spy Who Loved Me or Moonraker. I think it was The Spy Who Loved Me. But when the mattress truck uh, blew up. And the guy on the motorcycle has like feathers on him and he goes off the cliff and he says, All, All that feathers still couldn't fly. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. I think I would do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the best part of this film was obviously when, you know, all the, the Navy, the submarine people were like shooting in the, in the, oh, yeah. the city. I, I really enjoyed that part. Uh, I was actually on the edge of my seat watching that, especially the part where. <laughs> he goes, I have four minutes. Can you get the location of the submarines and switch it so that they blow up each other? And I have to bring this up. Because they have nuclear bombs, right? And they're they're blowing up, like, in the Atlantic. Correct? Yeah. So, with the... And they showed off, like, these nukes exploding. Wouldn't it be, like, tidal waves? Well, it, the, the payload might not have been, like, real big. It could have been, like, a tactical nuke, you know? Mm. I think they are if they're on a submarine. I, I don't know for sure. I'm not an expert in everything, but that sounds right. But in addition, there would be – I mean obviously people would ask questions, and I have to assume that there would be some kind of a universal Soviet and NATO, hey, we're going to cover this up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like if, if there were tidal waves, they would just say, oh, there was, a, there was an underwater earthquake in the Atlantic Ocean. It caused tidal waves all over. Oh, isn't that crazy? And there had to be like some fishing ship or some bullshit that's just out there going across the Atlantic, and then it's just he's <laughs> up in the yeah. fucking sky. Like what? I just seeing a mushroom cloud. They're like, uh, excuse me. Um, we're, are we gonna die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the fishing probably is gonna be a little uh, not allowed over there because of all the radiation. But two headed fish. Yeah. But uh, I I was surprised about this film i thought i i because you told me last week that it start it's going to start to get goofy and i felt like this movie wasn't that goofy i i think moonraker is fucking bananas moonraker is the tipping point they're like oh fuck it it, it it's circus time but the spy who loved me wasn't there yet but there's some stuff in this movie that's goofy i mean let's face it everything about jaws is basically just like a batman villain yeah and, and like as cool as it is, it makes no sense that he jumped like at the beginning, he jumps off the cliff on his skis and he has a parachute. That's badass. But it's That's a British cool. flag. Get out of here. Come on, That's he's fucking British. Oh, come yeah, on. Why, why would a British spy have this huge fucking I'm a British spy advertisement on him? 
Because everybody they knew who the fuck he was anyway, so what did it matter? Well, the, nice. girl, the, the girl, the girl, you're overthinking it. It's it's pulpy bullshit spy it's a spy stories. movie. I'm supposed to think. Yeah, it's pulpy bullshit spy stuff though. It really is. It really is. The the girl that he was banging in the beginning is like, I want you, and then he says, so does England, and then walks oh, out. <laughs> I got I got so many Austin Powers flashbacks from the intro to this movie. It's true. I I, I can see some more of the Austin Powerisms from like these a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's um, clear the people who made this movie is like this is what they're thinking about. Yeah, but oh. like, but back to like what I was saying. Like even Jaws in this movie compared to Moonraker, um, I felt Jaws had more of a serious tone, even though he was like Terminator and Michael Myers every time. Like he got thrown out of a train. And then he's still alive, you know. He's yeah, doing- especially because all, all the scenes that reveal him are like kind of scary. They're meant to be like a jump scare thing or something. Yeah, it's all like this big motherfucker. Like mm-hmm. uh, when he's out in fucking Egypt, where like the pyramids and the Sphinx statues and shit are. Oh yeah, we didn't talk at all about Egypt. Yeah, let's talk about Egypt. That part was cool, man. Where okay, like there was like they're doing a presentation, telling a bunch of tourists about fucking pyramids out there, mm-hmm. and then he's trying to find this guy. And that's where he fought the fat the fat dude on the roof and just threw him off. Just mm. fuck him. <laughs> and he, he knows he's out there, so he goes out there to look for him. And there's like these cha- these color changing lights, I guess, that are supposed to set like mood lighting. And, like, and, the, oh. and the music gets like super like late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, it's like weird, but I kind of like it. I don't know why. <laughs> he, he sees Jaws. It's like the light flashes. You see Jaws. It goes dark again. You see it, it goes dark again, and then he's gone. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, uh, back to, the, like, the Egypt thing. When he's, uh, Jaws is chasing after the, that one scientist guy. Uh, so, like, you know he's a strong dude because he rips off fucking car, uh, par- like, parts and, uh, and stuff. Yeah, he fucking rips that car to shreds, man, that van. Yeah, but... Oh, that, was some of, that was some of the parts that made me laugh, too, is when they're driving and she's in the van. And he's like, women drivers, right? This is fucking... <laughs> she can't reverse. She's like, shit. Oh, he's like, would you like me to drive? Like, like, like a complete prick. But like, but the part where, you know, he puts the lock on that, uh, that door in, in Egypt. And I'm like, oh, all he's going to do is like rip it apart. No, 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 not even bite it. Like he has the strength to like rip that chain or rip down that door because he's fucking strong as fuck. But then he was like, we got to show off him chopping chains. So they, he chops the chain down. And does he bite his victims? Because Yes. Yeah, he goes for the neck in a few instances. Yeah, but every time, maybe because there's not blood in Bond. but Yeah, they, they didn't want that R rating. Yeah, there was blood after he bit the guy in the, uh, the club, remember? He's mm-hmm. like, hey, there's a phone call for you. He's like, oh, I got to go. They were trying to get that microfilm or some bullshit from him, whatever yeah. it was. And... He's like going to the phone booth and he's like, hello, what? And then there's like nobody on the phone. And then Jaws just walks in. He's like, what's up? And he just grabs him. And it shows him almost biting him. And then Bond finds out. He goes back. He's like, oh, shit, he's dead. He's laying there out of the phone booth thing. And he's put, got blood all over his shirt. Yeah, put, blood you don't, you don't see the active spurting and the, the, the letting of blood. Well, the other you don't side. see that he's missing a, a cookie-sized chunk out of his neck. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other scientists, you don't see blood, but then again, whatever. Uh, I noticed that sometimes, though, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I do like what he put on Bond. He put, like, the out-of-order sign on the guy and leaves through the window, uh, which he's disgracing he's, the body. 
pretty he lame. said something funny about him be- being dead too i can't remember what it was it was some kind of silly pun he's like i he uh couldn't take a call he's some shit whatever yeah <laughs> he said something funny when they're on the the little boat on the way to cairo too but i can't remember what it is i remember so laughing points. at that one and i remember laughing when he gets to uh the mi6 hideout in egypt he sees the the russian dude and then later they're like you're probably familiar with agent triple x and he's like yeah i know what brand of cigarettes she smokes i laughed at that that was good mm. <laughs> one more thing before we move on to moonraker I laughed out loud when he's like, I'm taking you to Atlantis, Atlantis City. And like they fucking go on this little boat thing that shoots out of one of the holes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There was like this weird effect where it's like, she says it shoot it out. And then it shows like the front of the boat with them in it. And it, it does like this weird slow motion thing for just like a second. Mm-hmm. And then it just goes back to fast speed. I'm like, why did they do that? Whatever. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about uh, editing in Moonraker because there's, <laughs> there's one scene where I was just like, Really? You had to do that when it was like a comedy? I mean, I'm ready, I'm ready to move on. You guys want to go to Moonraker? Yeah, let's do Moonraker. Uh, well, just as a closing, Spy Who Loved Me, it's still good. This is this is it's this is getting to the point where it's a little too uh, clownish for me. But there isn't a bad Bond movie. Like I still like it. It's still great. And mm-hmm. that 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 shootout on the on the super tanker. Oh, forget it. It's the best. Dubs, you like it? You liked it? I like it. I, I I'm pro- it's probably up there with the, the man with the golden gun for me with this one, uh, compared to the first one that we saw. I forgot the name of it. Uh, Living let die. Yeah. Um, but Moonraker, though, fuck that movie. I I I really want to say like the the last part, uh, besides the little fucking space laser gun scene, um, like I actually was getting interested in the movie in the last part because it was boring it was boring in the beginning because i'm just because i'm just like man drax is fucking stupid i don't like that villain that villain is still stupid at the end as well uh because the story of it is he's trying to make his like own civilization he's kind of doing like a noah's ark It's, it's kind of the same plot which i hate yeah Stromberg wanted to like have an underwater city and he was going to make make America and and Russia start the third world war and nuke the planet and then Drax is like I want to have I want to have people in space and we're going to kill everyone on earth and then we're going to repopulate the earth like they're very similar premises for the bad guys and uh the doctor's name is Dr. Goodhead um cuz you know Paul Goodhead yeah. <laughs> we got we gotta we gotta have that type of i mean I, i'm not all about like this is sexist but like every time i'm like really whoever wrote this probably was thinking with a sexist mind yeah that's, Good, well welcome to 70s james bond movies mm-hmm. bro it was a different time yeah um <laughs> I mean, they don't stop. I, they they do it in all the Bond movies. I mean, even in the '90s, Xena on a top. Come on now. <laughs> uh, this, I, I, I didn't like, and the first and second act because I just was bored out of my mind. Uh, didn't the only time like I started getting interested is because I guess 
they saw Star Wars and were like, we need to do our own model Star Wars kind of thing. Uh, Let's which, talk about that. Yeah. Because I did want to bring up the fact that at the end of The Spy Who Loved Me, it says James Bond will return in, um, what's it say? Not View to a Kill. What's the, what's the next one? Uh, some, your Eyes Only or something? For Your yeah, Eyes well, Only. Yeah, James Bond will return in For Your Eyes Only. But in between that, which was 1976, and the next movie, 1977, Star Wars A New Hope came out. And also um, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So suddenly sci-fi is like in, it's really popular. They're making a lot of money because Star Wars, uh, it, it's easy to forget about this because none of us were alive in 1977, but mm. Star Wars changed everything. Suddenly like big old sci-fi blockbuster movies are what this, this is it, man. It was like Jaws was like the beginning of it, but Star Wars really solidified what was going to happen. And for a while people just thought it was just sci-fi in general. So Eon Productions, United Artists, and everyone else was like, oh, shit, we need to make a sci-fi Bond movie. Uh, no, fuck that movie. We'll do Moonraker. There's rockets, and it's got moon in the title. So he'll go to space. By the way, this movie has fuck all to do with the book it's based on. <laughs> I, I, very, yeah. very, very little is carried over from the book. I figured, I'm like, I, there's no way fucking Ian Fleming wrote this in like 1950 fuck and thought about like Atari late yeah, fucking goddamn 1955. I don't even think we'd been to space yet. No. I don't think there, I, when did Yuri Gagarin get put into space? Oh, I, I feel like that was like 60. Yeah. So like, when he wrote that, it was just like, uh, okay, just real quick, because I have read the book to Moonraker. It's really good. Um, it, it takes place entirely in England, not even the United Kingdom, just England. The beginning of it is like M has this cl club that he goes to and Drax is a member of the club and he thinks he's cheating at bridge. Like how, how much of an old person card game is bridge, right? My, my <laughs> grandmother had a bridge, bridge game, but anyway, uh, he's cheating at bridge. So he's like, Bond, you're good at cards. Come to my club. I want you to catch this motherfucker cheating at cards. And Bond, of course, does and like outwits him and like wins a fuck ton of money or something and then later uh, uh drax has a i'm trying to remember like a factory in the south of england like near the cliffs of dover and they're working on rockets like they poached a bunch of um german scientists after the second world war and they're basically making like the next version of the v2 they want to make like make a, uh, an atomic v2 rocket is, is kind of what they're doing. And um, some agent who's working there gets killed and Bond, they, they send Bond to replace him and Bond's like trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And it, uh, I, I spoiler alert for the book. The book is good. It's worth reading. But it turns out that uh, Drax is um, a, a, a werewolf. Do you guys know? Not like a literal, like, uh, oh. like, a, not like a literal werewolf. Like in World War II, uh, when the Nazis started losing the war, they started this division called the Werewolves, and it was a bunch of Nazi commandos who'd go behind lines and like disrupt things, you know, blow up like truck depots and fuel spots and stuff like that. So Drax was like a werewolf, uh, and he did something I can't remember and got like injured and lied and was like, "I'm a British guy. This explosion went off. I have amnesia now." And then he became a wealthy industrialist and recruited all these Germans and stuff. But it turned out all along, he's just like this Nazi hell bent on revenge. And he wants to like send an atomic rocket into the heart of London. That's like the big 
the the time the, the timed element. The book's great. I love it. And the, the only thing they do keep is um Bond is working with his secretary, who is also a British agent from a different agency. And uh when they're found out, they do lock them underneath where the rocket's about to take off. They carried that over. But other than that, I don't I don't think I don't think the movie has fuck all to do with the book. Why is the book called Moonraker? Uh because that's the name of the rocket. That's it. Okay. <laughs> that that is the entire reason. It's the the Moonraker rocket program. It's the continuation. I think they specifically talk about V2 rockets several times. V2 rockets for anyone who doesn't know was like the rockets the Nazi scientists developed to uh bomb Britain from afar during the Second World War. They used V1 and then later V2 rockets. And all the scientists who developed V2 rockets were poached by the uh, like at the end of World War II they were like taken away both by the Soviets and, and Americans to like work on their missile programs. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I want to talk right off the bat about the, the first scene with the whole airplane. And then is there a continuity error by the way, because there's a woman on the plane, right? And then there's the guy that was piloting the plane who shoots the, 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 the thing to make it unflyable then Jaws comes out of nowhere, right? So he was in the John. Oh, yeah, he's, he's oh, taking he's... a dump, a massive dump. Because but, yeah, you're right though. Because it's like the dude jumps out, and he's got a fucking parachute, and then Bond's like, "Fuck!" And he goes out. Very easy guy to hide. No, yeah, Jaws just comes out, and pushes him out, and then the woman's just like, "I guess I'm gonna die." Yeah, because he never gets out of the plane. Never gets out. That's true. I do really like that's one of the few moments of pure joy in this movie for me is like Bond accidentally shoves this son of a bitch out of a plane and then it's like well I don't have a parachute <laughs> oh no no Jaws shoves him that's right yeah Jaws he comes up behind him and fucking pushes him out and he thinks shit I don't have a parachute that, that guy's got one <laughs> like they have a fight in midair <laughs> Bond steals this guy's parachute and then the guy falls to his death that's great i love that i smile the whole time me too it made me laugh he's just he, he gets his parachute and he's like ah and he just kind of flails away and he's just fucked <laughs> and even though this does conform with what i hate the like clownishness the whole like slapsticky bullshit josh should be dead huh josh should be dead he's going yeah, to should be dead but, uh, not not just him falling into the circus that's a little silly i like him like pulling his ripcord but he's so fucking strong he like breaks it and then he's like oh like you see the look and he's oh like holds his hands out like he's like oh no <laughs> and like, tries to like flap his in air to get over the circus so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like what really messed up what i mean by continuity error with the the woman being on there i was like wait a second did the woman turn into jaws like was he kissing jaws the whole time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy is a master. Bond about to fuck Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> he was about to. Yeah, and so like I I rolled my eyes because I'm like Jaws should be dead. Uh, that's like a lot of speed going into the ground, but I I, I just chalked it off. Um, well, he falls onto uh, the whole reason he's like aiming for that because the tent breaks his fall, and they have that net to break the fall of people who fall from the 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 wire. That's that's what they're trying to say. Hmm. Yeah, he should still be dead anyway. And she lived. It's true. <laughs> um, 
See, I don't care enough for the like the beginning part because the beginning part is just fucking jargon, just like talk about like oh you know Drax is doing this, Drax is doing that, and then Drax. Oh, you mean like Act One? Like we're past the uh, yeah prelude now, right? Yeah, like Drax has this like Asian sidekick with dogs and stuff that he sends the dogs to go kill his victims, which was kind of weird. I, I had that once. Yeah, he's, he sent it after that woman. It's like you're fired. I'm letting I'm letting you go. I mean, it's not far fetched. No pun intended. It's not mm. far fetched that two dogs would kill a woman. I mean, and it's a pretty fucked up thing to do to someone. It, it makes you like, oh, this guy's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Especially because she's hot, man. Listen to me. I'm defending Moonraker. Hey, keep going though. Yeah. Um. The seven up she's scene. Hot. The seven up scene was stupid. Um. Especially. Oh, on in Rio de Janeiro when they're on the the, the thing. Yeah. Because I was like, I get it. Like what they're trying to do, it's like very stunty and everything, and then it just crashes. Way too long, though. Yeah, and and then this is where Jaws gets his lover. Um, just that's this. that part. It's just there are several things that happen in this movie that it just and there's like that music. Oh my yeah, the the I don't know what that piece is called, but there's like that. Know. That music is played in several different things. You've seen something in it at some point. Looney Tunes. It's played in Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. A, a man and a woman see each other, and it plays the swelling romance music. Oh, my God. I found the one, you know. And she doesn't but, say a word, by the way. She just smiles and whispers. Jaws has more lines than she does in this movie. Yeah. He finally speaks later. He speaks once. She speaks never. He's mm-hmm. great, too, but no, like... <laughs> There's What'd several to us, right? Yeah, to us. <laughs> and they but, lived. Uh, they lived. They, yeah, that's later though. Cuz there's there are several parts of this movie where there's just a sudden brutal tonal shift. And like like the and it's like pretty silly shit. Like the the fucking skydiving thing and then all of a sudden this weird circus music's playing and then Jaws is flapping his arms like a bird. <laughs> he lands and he saves himself. This thing we're talking about right now. Uh, hey, real quick. I like the theme song to Moonraker, though, by the way. It's one oh, of the few really slow ones I really, really dig. I like it. It was all right. I like the one from Spy Who Loves Me more, but like that was that's sort of nostalgia a little bit because uh, my mom is like a really big Carly Simon fan. Oh. It's like one of those things where it's like osmosis. You grew up listening to what your parents listened to. Yeah, and no, I, I get you. I'm kind of partial to her a little bit. There's a lot of, like, just in general, as far as Moonraker goes, that I, part of me is attracted to this movie sometimes due to nostalgia. And a big part of it is after Goldeneye came out on the Nintendo 64, everyone was like, oh, Moonraker laser, badass. And there's a Moonraker la- uh, level that you unlock. In fact, there is also a Spy Who Loves Me level unlocked in Goldeneye. You guys. Don't what? remember it takes take place in Egypt and Jaws is in it. Oh, and uh, the and the and there's a Moonraker one that takes place in like the the pyramid. And I remember because that control that big slanted control room with all those screens is in it, and you can shoot out all the screens. And I always did because I was a weird obsessive autistic kid when it came to Goldeneye. <laughs> you weren't the only one, <laughs> but uh, I, I remember like that game came out and like I got real into Bond. But it was like selectively. Like I watched Moonraker a bunch. I watched Man with the Golden Gun a bunch, and it was clear I was just watching those because of the weapons in Goldeneye. Like I was too stupid to realize what the good ones were and what the bad ones were. 
hey, it did its job. It got you. It made you a fan. Yeah, no. I, and then as I grew up, I started to appreciate other things. Because I'll be 100% honest, when I played uh, Goldeneye and then later saw Moonraker for the first time, I was in like the sixth grade. I didn't have a fucking idea what happened in the first two acts of this movie I, usually right around the time they get to venice i would get bored out of my skull and either fast forward to the space part or stop i can totally see why <laughs> because the whole part in venice is just oh my he's like walking around this glass factory and they're like making glass and it's like oh my god i'm, I'm gonna go to sleep this is so terrible can we talk and about then later they're, they're like doing science bullshit and he's just like watching them and the scene goes on for what feels like a goddamn hour because they're like just like doing stuff so carefully and then bond goes in there and fucks around and then they die and you see that the rats live and that's all you needed to see i i know there's probably not a better way to do that scene necessarily but just that coming right after him fucking around in venice and not doing anything like all he does is like talk to agent goodhead and go to the glass factory and nothing interesting happens it's it's way too long that there's no action what about the com- what what sorry to Zach, but what about the comedy scene where he's like whatever vehicle he's on he's going in circle and they have to include the guy that was in the spy who loved me with the ridiculous wine bottle on the beach and now he has a wine bottle sitting in venice and he drinks he's like this fucking i gotta quit drinking wine man yeah and i it, didn't realize that was the same person it was hey uh, i'm noticing that that's another thing in these roger moore movies they keep doing these things where in pairs with movies yeah, first it was that fucking sergeant pepper fuck whatever the goddamn the sheriff hey, pepper, pepper. the pepper guy <laughs> he's in both movies in this in both of these movies there's an italian dude who drinks too much wine who sees something and it makes him reconsider his life choices wait, wait, and jaws the way we're pairing these movies is working out really well because the first two are the J.W. Pepper duology and these are the Jaws duology. Yeah. These are what's the Jaws. The next, what's the next duology? Uh, I don't remember a unifying thing between the next two, but we'll see. Maybe we'll find one. These I'll, are also the only two movies directed by Lewis Gilbert. Did you also notice these two movies? They're the first ones where Harry Saltzman is no longer a producer anymore. He sold his fucking interest to Bond. Yes. That is another reason they start getting away from, like, I don't want to say realism, but I don't want to, like, discount that that's what it is. It's not really realism, but, yeah. (laughs) No, you guys are still still not talking about the dumbest scene that I ever seen in my life where they edited a fucking pigeon doing a double take, and I fucking hate it. I hate it. It's like, to the music. (laughs) Caught that. Yeah, I was like, what? Why did they do that? Why? I can't believe it. It's not funny. It's not it, like everyone's like, oh, my God, what's going on? And like one guy like pours beer on the guy and there's like a dog there. And uh... but it, Silly. That, that's the only reason why I wanted to bring up Venice, because of that stupid pigeon, because it was terribly edited to make it do. Hey, there's another thing about that scene that fucking bothered me, which was like, so he's just like in a gondola. It looks like yeah. just going through the fucking canals and then. There's like a funeral ship. Is that like a thing in fucking? Italy? It, is. it is. That is a thing. I've seen it in another movie. I can't remember which one, but I have seen that in another movie. So I guess it's a thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, instead of just like, like four motherfuckers just like all with some machine guns destroying that gondola all at once, they have a guy in a casket with throwing knives. Why? And the top that off, he throws like three, and then he just grabs one and fucking kills him instantly. I'm like. What the- 
Yeah, like he missed his bond, and Bond's like, "Well, fuck you!" It grabs the kills. Like that guy was supposed to be. Why even have to see then? Like that dude was supposed to be a professional knife thrower assassin. He's got killed. He's got like all the knives like come up like, and then like all displayed all nicely and stuff. I am the expert. I will kill Bond with my knives. Bobby, Bobby, no. I think one of the Italian guys where they like at when he all right, I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna tie all this together. This is this was part of my whole rant here. So he's just like a normal gondola, then that knife thrower guy tries to kill him. And then guys with guns actually start shooting when they realize their knife thrower assassin fucking failed. <laughs> and then like the the gondola rower dude got killed by the knife thrower. And then all of a sudden, there's controls in that gondola to turn it to like a fucking speedboat out of nowhere. It's an MI6 boat, I guess. Was it? I guess it has to be. <laughs> and then, then it turns into a car. Well, a uh, hovercraft. Oh, a hovercraft, but he's dry. Yeah, he. The guys in speedboat chase them. They can't chase them because they're just in a boat. And then he gets dumped out. And then the guy actually calls him stupido, and it made me laugh. <laughs> God damn it! Like, so, so it's, I, like at this point, henchmen are becoming. They do it a little bit in the older movies, but at this point, henchmen are really like comic book villains. Like they're comic yeah. book henchmen. They seem like someone like like Two Face would hire to go like kill Robin or some shit. Like it's just it's ridiculous. And there's even that scene. Um, Drax's main man is dead, and he's on the phone. He's like, "I need a new henchman. Send over a new henchman. Henchmen are us." And they're like, oh, well, he if he's available, send him on down. And then we see it's Jaws. Because I guess Jaws' other other employer got killed, so now Jaws is a free agent, man. He got traded to Drax Industries. Mm-hmm. He did. <laughs> yeah, the whole time I was like, man, he must be like a free agent. And he they just went on Craigslist, and he got a new henchman, and he just showed up. But it, okay. it, 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 my thing is, I, I think the whole reason why Jaws probably join him is because he wants to defeat Bond because the whole time he's chasing Bond in these two movies and Bond has always had the upper uh, hand on him which by the way I want to go back really quickly to the spy who loved me with the magnet scene before he drops him into the the shark and uh, obliterates the shark so Jaws fucking bites the shark he out Jaws Jaws that was great that made me laugh Do you think James Bond was not smart enough? Because he's been dealing with him all movie, right? And he's indestructible. Like, you have to know that that he's going to beat that shark. Like, the only thing I could think of is why not just leave him on that magnet? But then again, it's a movie, so... I'm why just... doesn't he just shoot him? Did, did, <laughs> didn't, he, didn't he try that in Moonraker and it didn't work? No, he tried to shoot him in Spy Who Loved Me, I think. But, like, it was weird. He got, like, a he hit him in the teeth. Oh. I think, and then it, he was like, ah, fuck. like somehow you just aimed that poorly. I mean, maybe not. It, it was a headshot. He just, he freaked out. Oh shit. And happened to hit him right in the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> but so um, Moon, Moonraker, uh, we're in space now. Um, pretty much uh, there's, there's like five fucking shuttles filled with like six. people. Six. You're, you're skipping over some things, man. What things? No, I want to talk. I want to talk real quick. Why doesn't he shoot Jaws? Of course, right? Um, there are about a thousand. I'm not exaggerating. About a thousand instances in Moonraker where Bond needed to have a gun and didn't. Did that drive anyone else crazy? Yeah. What the fuck happened? What? He's not armed this whole fucking movie. Why? 
I don't know. This is like the first movie, I think, in the whole series. I don't think his PPK turns up. I don't think the PPK is in this movie. It wasn't. Yeah, you're right. It's Why? Why doesn't he have a gun? He could have shot so many people so many times. Like Jaws is like about to like bite that uh, Brazilian agent or something. And Bond's like jumps on him. (laughs) If he'd been armed, he could have been bang, dead. It's over. I, I, he's kind of kind of like creepy, like when he's like slowly walking down the alleyway and he's dressed in the big stupid looking giant clown. That was kind of creepy. A scary, a scary. Uh, what other scenes am I missing? By the way, because I I think the first half I I was out of it. That's have- fine. I mean, Venice is boring. The Rio de Janeiro stuff is kind of it's almost there, but uh, no. I wanted to talk about the Holly Goodhead actually because. Oh yeah, in LA. LA the whole the whole thing with her was like, she doesn't like. It, it, at first, it's like okay, she works for fucking Drax or whatever. Supposedly, she's a, a goddamn rocket scientist. She's a NASA for, for person, whatever. Um, and then later on, it's kind of revealed in Venice. Is like, why are you in Venice? She's like, oh, I'm here to give a speech to some some uh, space people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then he's like, all right, whatever. He doesn't really buy it. And then he finds, like, he they agree to meet later, and he sort of figures out, like, oh, you work for the CIA because she has fucking perfume that's a fucking flamethrower and a bunch of other crazy shit. And for some reason, she's, like, really not trustworthy of him at all. It's weird. Like, like why is she so, like, apprehensive to work with him? Because it's like the, the CIA and the fucking MI6 have worked together multiple times. Yeah, it seems like that would have been the opportunity for to like you know stick Felix in there with like a quick quick aside. She's like talking to him on the phone, and he's like, "Oh, careful with that one. He's trustworthy, but he's gonna fuck you." Like I thought that was just odd that she was just very against working with him at first, and uh, I, I, they, I assume they, the screenwriter wanted to create the attention or something. I don't know. We just had that in the last movie. Well, uh, we got it again, baby. Well. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of these movies are very formulaic. <laughs> well, it's very the tension I think they, that they were trying to show is like when they when he first meets Doctor Goodhead, um, because he's like, "Oh, you're a woman," and he's like, "Oh, you know, there's many people in science that are women as well." Women can't be scientists. Yeah, I mean, I, th- <laughs> I think that are allowed in space. <laughs> they can't even drive. Oh, <laughs> well, Drax does say a scene. He's like. You, you know, you're going to be the first woman in space, but it's going to be shortly fulfilled because he was going to throw her out into uh, space. I just love the irony of him saying that. And they're all, they're standing in a room with like two dozen women who are all presently in space. <laughs> yeah, there's like a bunch of women in there already. Binders full of them, man. But, but no, like that struck me as really odd. And then it made me realize all of a sudden, like I feel Slider has been in any of these movies since fucking Live and Let Die be a little bit before we see him again i they, think they just forgot I, about him i don't i think live and let die is the only more movie he's in really? I, don't he, I don't think he comes back till daniel craig actually interesting really damn he's not in bronson what he's not James in Brosnan. he's not oh, in the Brosnan. uh i don't recall him no he's not in the dalton movies either uh, that's the that's the one I'm getting hung up on because I he might be in one of them he might be in the one where Bond is briefly in Afghanistan I think hey he wasn't never say never again yeah that's true <laughs> he was but 
Yeah, th- those were the, the two things I just really wanted to touch on. I thought that was odd. The Rio de Janeiro thing was like kind of, I, I like that weird celebration thing. And then Jaws was a, a giant clown and it was creepy. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do like that. I like that image. And they even like the shot is even framed and lit just right. They, they did a good job on that one. I'll give it to them. Yeah. Um. So now space. Now space. Space. I want to get this out of the way because the whole. Sending the astronauts out to uh, go shoot at the people in the shuttle. Really fucking stupid. I now. All right. Let's we got to we got to put something. I just want to frame this for you. And I agree with you. First of all, I do Mm. agree. And I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I agree with you completely. It looks awful. But in 1979, when this movie came out, maybe people enjoyed it. It was the highest grossing Bond movie. I think they were tr- sorry to interrupt you, Zach, but I think they were trying to do the underwater fighting scene just in space. Did it feel like that to you guys a little bit? Yeah, that's immediately what I thought of. I thought of the scuba war and Thunderball. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, the space war Moonraker with Atari lasers. Like their, their air thing hit and stuff. Yeah. God mm. damn it. Like those the sound effects and the, the, the color of the lasers. All it made me think of was Atari. Like it was the like you're playing. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. The, the, the reason, the reason why, the reason, yeah, the reason why I thought it was stupid is because they're having conflict in whatever space city it is. Which, by the way, they had like a jammer apparently, so that like nobody on Earth could see this space city. I'm glad you brought that up. Keep going. <laughs> I, I want to say something after you're done. Yeah. So like they're having a. Uh, thing because this is when jaws turns face pretty much uh <laughs> and he uh he 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 enters the same tunnel as the astronaut people are going out of the city to go fight the shuttle so i'm like what the fuck is going on here and then i see the shuttle uh, the the people coming out of the city and then i see the shuttle and he's like well i gotta bring out my guys now and he fucking opens up the hatch and there's fucking astronauts there with guns I I secretly love that. It's another one of those things that's so stupid, so ridiculous. It like jumps off the scale back to the bottom, and they're like sending out little space troopers, and then like Trump's space force comes out of the back of this fucking space shuttle. Oh, it's, it's hilarious. Oh, it's so stupid. Like oh, it's time to send our boys out, space commandos. I thought, oh. and I thought Jaws was gonna come out too with like a laser gun. With just like a little helmet. No, no, Jaws would not have a laser gun. He'd just tackle people in space and bite them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my biggest gripe. I, if they cut out that scene or made it a little, little better, uh, then again, uh, you know, that might look cool for in the seventies with the special effects in a way. Um, but to me, I thought that was kind of weak. But the rest of the the rest of the space stuff, I kind of enjoyed a little bit. Uh, I like all the zero gravity parts. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I, I, I like that stuff a little bit. Um, I did like, like this the goofy-ass fucking laser battle. I don't know. <laughs> I, it's like I said, it just loops back around to being fun. It's like that and J.W. Pepper are the two things that I'll, like, you know, indulge in secretly. Um, but the thing I want to talk about, like they say, it's a whole city in space. They always built this big-ass space thing. Like, we'll set aside the fact that that's ridiculous, first of all. <laughs> but... Also, they, they say they can't see it from Earth because they have a radar jammer. 
that's not how radar works, first of all. How does radar work? Not like that, okay? (laughs) That's not how radar works. And uh, But second of all, it frustrates me so much because the thing is, like, massive. Guys, I don't know if you know this, and obviously they couldn't have known it in 1978, 79 when they were writing this movie. You can see the International Space Station with the naked eye in the in the night sky. Yep, you guys just, that? Yeah, it just looks it looks like a star. It looks like a star, but if you look at it through binoculars, let alone a telescope, you can see detail. You can see the little like solar fins and stuff. If you look really closely and it's being illuminated just right. But still, you can see it moving through the the night sky with the naked fucking eye. And we're talking about something that is clearly supposed to be several times larger. Because I've seen the space shuttle in comparison to the International Space Station. And when you see a space shuttle in comparison to Drax's fucking space city, again, like, they just couldn't have known that. But it, oh, god damn it, it's so frustrating in hindsight. It's so stupid. (laughs) That was the first thing I thought of, too. I was like, you can see the fucking space station if you walk out at night. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, and there, I, I, I want to say around this time we had telescopes too, like high power telescopes. Just you I know, mean, they've had telescopes since like the 1400s. Yeah, Ga- I mean, fucking Galileo found fucking Jupiter with like a bullshit telescope. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so. I mean come on. And I, I get like you would see uh, uh, space orbiting or stuff orbiting the Earth moves across the night sky like fairly quickly, and I feel like either NATO or the Soviets would be like. What is that? We need mm. to take a look at that. It might be a spy satellite or, or uh, uh, someone's creepy uh, Lotus Death City in the in space. We should look at it with a telescope. At that point, did the Hubble Space Telescope exist? I don't think so. I'm going to say that's late 80s. Uh, it might be. Uh, they had telescopes anyway, I think. Pretty high-powered ones, like ground ones. And somebody in fucking NASA or one of the damn like astronomers should have seen it anyway. I mean, so, in addition, it's 1979. There's a fuck ton of stuff in space at this point, Soviet and American. We'd been to the moon several times for a decade. Yep. So I actually did look up the Hubble telescope, and this Hubble telescope took decades of planning research before it launched on April 24th of 1990. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 So. It didn't work right. <laughs> Yeah, and back to the zero gravity stuff. Uh, I I do like how they acted that they were zero gravity and how they were it's moving. like slow motion, just like yeah, like okay, you know, I can actually kind of buy that. Yeah, <laughs> I do like that Bond like pushed the button where it, like pretty much halted the fucking uh, space city, and like everybody flew. <laughs> he fucked everything up. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, the nerve gas that kills like 100 million people or something like that. <laughs> By the way, here's an interesting part. I did the math real quick because they say there's 50 of them and they each kill 100 million people. Uh, that's still only 5 billion. Was there only 5 billion people living on the earth in 1979? Because now it's like 7 or 8 billion, right? There might have been. That might have been as many people lived on earth back then. It would have been enough to fucking nearly kill all of them. Yeah, I mean, it would have been pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to find out. Earth population in 1979. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. 4.358 billion. Okay, yeah, that was enough. That's (laughs) interesting. That's weird. We've come so far in in overpopulating our planet. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what else is like. Didn't Drax pretty much die quickly in this? uh, 
Yeah, he, he had a space laser. He picked up a space laser, and he was going to shoot James Bond with the Atari laser gun. <laughs> and then he fucking... Bond was like, oh, you got me, brother. And he's got the little wrist watch. He uses dart. darts a lot in this movie. He did. See, he had that instead of his goddamn Walther. See, it was I a gimmick. Guess. Yeah, you're right. They <laughs> even have the same kind of like they're in M's office and like, this is standard issue for all agents down 007. We're going to give you this stupid dart gun that only shoots one shot. <laughs> he also had like a plastic explosive with a fucking detonator in his watch. Yeah, and it, it isn't even announced. He just like, it's like the screenwriters were like, yeah, he needs an explosive. Yeah, there's one in his watch. It's always in his watch. <laughs> but yeah, he hit him with the dart and he's like, ah, hey, but, and then he flushed him out the airlock. Mm-hmm. He just like lets him walk into it slowly. It's weird. I'm like, why did you walk backwards? You knew you were going back in the airlock. I forgot what dad joke he said after he put him out into space. Yeah, he had to fly or something like He's that. F- fuck, fucking die is what he should have said. <laughs> <laughs> um, What else of this movie? Uh, Holly and fucking James Bond make out in space. Oh, yeah. They have- I have to remember one of my favorite post scene, oh, my God, Bond is having a sex scene. <laughs> Is in this movie because they're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna pipe it into the White House and Buckingham Palace, and he's like, oh, Her Majesty's gonna enjoy that, and then it's like, yeah, no, they're just having sex. <laughs> Two moves, like, because <laughs> it ha- like at that point they would have to know. It happens every time Bond goes on a big serious mission. Like it seems like, oh, we're contacting them now, and it seems like it would be like, oh, he's probably boning that girl. Maybe we should wait. <laughs> he um. Two movies in a row where it ends because remember, like the other movies, like you always think it's going to end, but then like the villain or like a henchman pops out and tries to kill. Oh, yeah, that doesn't happen, does it? It doesn't happen two in a row. The Spy Who Loved Me, uh, they were in that little uh, <laughs> escape thing. escape pod thing that they have sex in that looks like a, a fucking bedroom. <laughs> now, uh, now the two in a row thing is catching him at the end when he's having sex. Yeah. And Dang. And, and both which is kind of the same but it's just as dangerous well it's funny because both leaders are like hey we're finally working together this is cool bond what are you doing fucking cues like i believe he's working on re-entry i actually I, I said it out loud along with the scene i'd seen the end of this movie so many times oh jeez. Hmm. Um, I have nothing to say. Um, I'm going to give this a really low recommendation because all the crazy shit that happens. Uh, I still I, recommend it. It's it's dumb. Don't watch it first. That's for sure. But mm. it's good. Watch it. I, give this, I recommend this too. Um, it, it is a little boring at first, but just stick with it because it pays off later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, re- I recommend Spy Who Loved Me, though. I didn't really get to say what my opinion was on that, but good. I really like the dynamic in it between the two the two agents thing. That's kind of cool. That felt unique. Um, and, yeah. Well, Gums, you- what's your favorite part of Moonraker? Uh, my favorite part, I want to say, is the zero gravity part. I, th- I think that's... My favorite part of the whole thing. Um, I hate the the space fight. Um, I love the space fight. That's my favorite part. Okay, there you go. The space fight. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Zach, I'm sorry that we skipped over your opinion on the spy who loved me, but what do you think of that? What's your final recommendation of that? 
Oh, I, I recommend it. So far, it's the to me, it's the best Roger Moore movie. Yeah, I'm probably up there with you. I, I it might come as number two because I think the Man with the Golden Gun is going to be my number one so far. I, think I like Man with the Golden Gun is still mine. I yeah. like that too. You know, I've noticed it's like Christopher Lee too fucking much. I, I, if he wasn't in that movie, it would not be nearly as good. <laughs> You're probably right. But like, uh, I, I was looking at the budgets too for these movies, and I was noticing some interesting things, like. Live and Let Die made like a seven million budget, one hundred sixty-one million. Man of the Golden Gun fucking dropped off a lot. I didn't realize that at first. It had seven million budget. It made ninety-seven million. Damn. Yeah. Huh. Spy, Spy Who Loved Me, and that it was it was bad enough that it was like they kind of panicked a little bit. They're like, oh shit, what do we do? Like we it, that was bad for them. Um. Spy Who Loved Me did thirteen and a half million for budget, and then one hundred eighty-five million. And then Moonraker. Now they say Moonraker has made the most money out of all Bond movies until I think it was Goldeneye. Um, but the budget was thirty-four million, so actually it made less than the Spy Who Loved Me. I mean, a lot of that obviously went to special effects and crap. <clears throat> yeah, huge budget, almost triple. Okay, I want to bring up uh, bring something up with you guys because we have three movies left. We have For Your Eyes Only, we have Octopussy, and we have A View to Kill. Um, I can't wait to watch Octopussy because it's called Octopussy. Yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> interesting name. Thanksgiving weekend, I'm going to be at my parents' house, so that's when we decide. Uh, you know, we're we're taking off on that day. So what Son do you, of a bitch. So what do you guys think of doing a triple Bond movie for next episode, or do you want to do the two? And then I mean, that's that's cramming a lot in there because we still got to rank them. I figured two movies and then a movie and the argument over ranking. Yeah, that's I think, what I thought, too. Yeah, I think I think we'll do that. So the next two movies is For Your Eyes Only and Octopussy. Uh, so which, by the way, um, I don't understand. Maybe it's copyrights and stuff. But why was The Spy Who Loved Me not free on Amazon Prime? I had to rent that. Hmm, I don't know. Zach and I both own them, so... Okay. Because there's a couple of Bond movies that you actually have to buy, and others are just free. So I don't know if that's, like, because it's different ownership or something. Well, in fact, if you recall, I think um, uh, Spy Who Loved Me was distributed by Fox... But United Artists did the two movies opposite of it. So that might be why. Okay. It's Fox. And Fox is now owned by Disney. So Disney doesn't want that. I don't know. All right. So well, Bond is Disney Princess. We're going to write a think piece on fucking media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Please do. <laughs> so remember, guys, to watch those two movies for your eyes only, Octopussy, and then come back and then we'll discuss it. Um, let's get into a little quick news here. Um, so they announced a new Bond woman. Did you hear that? No. No, I did not hear this. So I think whoever, uh, I, I don't know the actress's name, but I think she's in the next Bond movie with Daniel Craig, and they're going to hand a torch to her as the new Bond woman. It's weird that they're going to do a movie where they actually acknowledge that, though. Like, I kind of don't like it. I always liked not understanding is this a code name? Is it the same guy? Is it uh, because with Roger Moore, it was in um, 
Spy Who Loved Me, they acknowledge a bit of continuity because she's like James Bond. He's done this. He's done that. Married once. She was killed. And he's like, oh, guys, let's settle down a little bit. I don't want to get into all that. So it's like it's kind of like they're acknowledging that Lazenby and Moore are supposed to be the exact same Bond. Mm-hmm. But then in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, he's like, oh, this never happened to the other guy. Wink, wink at the audience. And then even more so in the Daniel Craig movies, as you guys will see, they, they really start um, subtly sinking, le- subtly letting you realize that it's it's like a code name. It's like you're James Bond now. That's your name. That's who you're going to exist as. It's part of the 007 moniker or something. Because they, they kind of acknowledge that there's been previous Bonds, but at the same time, they don't acknowledge it at all. And there's stuff like the DB5 turns up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I don't I, I don't know if I'm ready for the movie to just straight up tell me that's what's going on. I always liked it being alluded to. Yeah, and you know, there, there's obviously a lot of people that are up and raw because uh, you know, woman as a James Bond and a race and all that stuff. I don't care if the person's good uh, and it makes sense, then I'm all for it. But if it's something that is forced and I have to and it's being beaten over my head about it during the movie. And that's where I kind of draw the line when it comes to that stuff. But if she's if she's if she's great, then fine. Um, let's see what happens out of it. I mean, that, that's fine. I, I didn't even I didn't even go that direction, like to discuss her race or gender. Like eh, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. I'm talking about what other people are thinking because I still wonder if it isn't like all like they know it's going to stir people up, that kind of thing. Maybe. I don't know. They just want to allude to it, and then No Time to Die is going to come out, and we're going to realize that they've been tricking us the whole time, or or something. Yeah. By the time the net new Bond movie comes out, we're going to be finished with all the Bond rankings. I, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, another news, gaming news, two of them. AEW announced that they're going to have a video game, console game, that's played like no mercy isn't it gonna be worked on by ukes right yep and uh the director who did no mercy is working on this game as well uh i believe it's a japanese director um it would have to be yeah so i'm happy about that because i i was telling zach before i said i don't i i don't like what what the 2k games were becoming they were becoming like a sports game than what you know smackdown versus raw was back then i I felt that it was a little arcadey um but as far as arcadey like i liked wrestlemania 19 on the gamecube where you were fighting in a mall fighting in a construction site and all that stuff i like that goofy stuff and i hope they bring that to aew because aew is goofy in itself (laughs) so yeah wasn't aew the one that had that shadow match where the guy did the the dice spot where he tore poured out all the the D twenties and shit, and then body slammed a guy on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that <laughs> was <laughs> I like enjoy that. That was in yeah. the AEW Dark. That's not in the main one. Yeah, it was a dark match. That's what I read anyway. Yeah. Sorry, I, I don't want to get you guys off in the the wrestling weeds. You guys can talk about that. I'm getting some color, but this is my one opportunity to be like, I read a wrestling thing. Then the moon. Yeah, so they did a little, uh, they launched a YouTube video, or they launched a YouTube channel called AEW Games because there's also a mobile game coming out, a GM mode or something like that. There's uh, two mobile games. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know what the other one is. I fucking didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't care either. But they all dressed up like Steve Jobs. They had like the turtleneck uh, black sweatshirt and like the glasses. And they did like a uh, uh, like a keynote kind of thing, which was funny. I, I admit it was funny. Um, so I, I'm excited because I like No Mercy. So if they, if they do something like No Mercy and you have Ukes doing something that they like doing, then I'm all for it. Um, the other piece of news, because the Series X uh, <laughs> just launched. So somebody virally did a video where it made it look like the Series X was smoke was coming out of it. Oh, yeah, that was all over Twitter today. Yeah, and come to find out it was fake because they put vape pens inside the fucking Xbox. It's fucking funny. So this is what it's... I, I don't know if this person was doing it to just you know, being shock, shock uh, stuff like a video. But if, if it's coming down to a console war to show that the system is like blowing up or smoking, that's pretty sad, dude, that you had I, to. I don't know. I mean, think about it. Like, uh, take a step back and think about it for a minute, because I think people were trying to spin it that way. Oh, look, the Xbox is smoking. It's so poorly made. Blah, blah, blah. But I, the guy who made the video probably just wanted to like either like be funny or get clicks. You know, like, I'm going to go viral because he obviously bought an Xbox Series X. Mm -hmm. That right there is telling me like he he believed in the product to buy it. I think he's just fucking around yeah, to the point where Xbox had to go on Twitter and say, yeah, please don't put vape pens in your Xbox. Don't you tell me what to do with my product, Xbox, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, I'm sick and tired of seeing all these feel-good, dick-sucking articles from all over the industry where they're like, oh, uh, Doug Bowser congratulated Microsoft on the launch of the Xbox on Twitter. I'm going to write a whole article about it. Oh, Sony and, and Microsoft had a Twitter exchange, and they were being best buddies, and there's like a gif of them like, oh, we're, we're friends now. Fuck off. I don't like this. <laughs> this is good news. Um. It's funny that you say that because a lot of like the IGNs and the Game Informers, they shit. They absolutely shit on Microsoft uh, when it comes to like news. They go, oh, th this is the most powerful system. You got no games. And then they go like, PS5. Does PS5 have games? Uh, they have, you know, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Sackboy, and Demon Souls. And ah, so no, that's what you're saying. Uh, Nobody's had games at launch since the fucking Dreamcast. I know it's fine. <laughs> I just it's so stupid of them to like complain about it. Honestly, I would love either system, but the only thing I want it for is to play this gen games with a solid state drive. That's all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> but and I won't be buying for that. But yeah. But other than that, do you guys have anything to like add on about what I just said, or do you have any other news? Um, I don't have any news. Okay. What about no you, Zach? News. No news, brother. All right. I guess this is where we'll end it. So if you want to catch oh, more. Hey, real quick, just to be clear, next week you're going to have us the whole current gen rundown, right? Because you, you, we, you like, we talked about next gen stuff for weeks and weeks and weeks, and now it's here, and you're like, oh, I didn't get to play it. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's, you're giving me blue balls here. Come on. Well, I I said it. I I could guess talk about me unboxing it. Um, no, do an unboxing <laughs> video. No, no, I don't. I I don't want to do an unboxing video. But like, this is probably one of the most easiest 
like unboxing I ever did for a console, by the way. It was nice. It, it was fucking amazing to take out and be like, oh, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm reviewing the unboxing experience. No, <laughs> you don't understand. It was so fucking easy. Like, usually when you open up a console box, you're like, oh, all the wires here, oh, the controls here. They have like two sections. Here's your fucking Xbox, this tower thing. And here's like a draw, like an actual draw of like all the cables and stuff. I'm like, I'm done. Click, click, click. And then I updated my system and it was easy to install. But I don't. I, I did. I did see that the Xbox Series X is the perfect display stand for a GameCube. And I'm all about that. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I'll say is like the the load times are fucking amazing. The quick in and out are, are, are fucking good. But that's the. Sounds so nice. But it's Xbox. I mean, they have they literally have no games for, for their launch right now. If you have Game Pass, uh EA Play is on Game Pass now, so I could play like all the EA games on there. Well, did you get a, a Series X or a Series S? Series X. Oh, okay. So did you get any physical games? Uh not yet. What but <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, I want to, because one, I have no money right now, because I, I, oh, I have, got I got an Xbox and I have a PS5 coming Friday, so. Whoa. But uh, Call of Duty is coming out Friday as well. Call of Duty Cold War. Oh boy, another Call of Duty. I, I, I'm gonna say something that, like, if I could hear, if I could time travel and have my old health hear me say this, I'd hit myself in the face, but. That game kind of looks cool. I like the idea of the plot. The, it's the plot. I don't want to play online. I just oh, the story sounds cool, so I might I might just buy it used for ten dollars in three years. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I I like Cold War shit, and I like saw a story like a two minute story trailer, and it was like all cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But I I will say probably next episode I'll have like a full rundown of next gen experience. I just don't have enough right now. It's just me unboxing it. So you know, You'll have a PlayStation 2 then, right? Yep. A PlayStation also, not a PlayStation 2. You need to do an unboxing comparison. Has anybody else ever done that? <laughs> no, but I this should do This is the unboxing of the Xbox. <laughs> Amazing. So simple. Oh, my God. Now, this is the unboxing of the PS5. Look at this bullshit. They, they, they shoved the, the, the Sony, cables. Sony really dropped the ball on this one, man. I don't think they're going to be able to recover from this. Sony's done. They're done. We're going to be seeing a God of War on the Nintendo Switch by the end of next year. <laughs> you created a whole new genre, unboxing comparisons. No, you, you had to be there watching me. Like, because I was like, because I'm bringing this from my mom's house and my mom and dad's house, which is like three hours away. And I'm like, Man, I got I gotta come home and I gotta open up this thing and hook everything up. I literally like came in my my apartment, put the box down, open didn't even use scissors. I didn't need to get any fucking sharp thing. They have little tabs that you go. I'm like, it's open. I'm done. Everything's hooked up now. Microsoft, are you listening? This is what we have to talk about when you don't have games. <laughs> this is what we're left with. The cables are nice and black. I like that they get to the wall socket efficiently. Um... <laughs> this this uh, monolith really ties the room together. <laughs> I imagine if I had any apes, they would be spurred to evolve by your presence. <laughs> the deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> Smart joke, not a deep cut. 
but I guess stay tuned for next week for my unboxing uh, review of the P- PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you got to come back. Yep. All right, guys, if you want to catch more of our podcast, like Big Trouble Podcast, like the Nemesis Project, like Getting Some Color, which we'll be recording tomorrow, um, yes. make sure you type in Nerd of View Network on Spotify, Apple iTunes, I almost said Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Red Circle. If you type that in, you get all our podcasts. Download it, give us a review, all the nine yards and shit. So... Until next time, everybody, have a good day. Thanks for listening. Bye.